Volume two, chapter four of the Widow Barnaby by Francis Milton Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter four A tete a tete in a drawing room. Autobiography. A remarkable discovery concerning the Duke of Wellington. The voices which alarmed Miss Peters were those of Mrs. Barnaby and Major Allen the acquaintance between them had gone quite far enough on the preceding evening to justify the gentleman's aimable empressement to inquire for the lady's health besides he was somewhat curious to know if the pretty skittish young creature he had encountered in his morning's ride had recounted the adventure to her aunt it was his private opinion that she had not and if so he should know what to think of the sudden appearance and protecting demeanour of her tall friend it was thus he reasoned as he walked towards sion row as soon as he had finished his breakfast and yet though he had lost so little time he did not arrive till at least three minutes after the widow had begun to expect him i need not ask my charming mrs barnaby how she rested after her ball eyes do not sparkle thus unless they have been blessed with sleep and the lady's hand was taken bowed upon and the tips of her fingers kissed before she had quite recovered the soft embarrassment his entrance had occasioned you are very kind to call upon me major allen do sit down i live as yet comparatively in great retirement for during mr barnaby's lifetime we saw an immense deal of company that old-fashioned sort of country visiting you know that never leaves one's house empty i could not stand it when i was left alone and that was the reason i left my beautiful place silverton or silverton park was it not i think i have heard of it yes silverton and do you know major that the remembrance of all that racket and gaiety was so oppressive to my nerves during the first months of my widowhood that i threw off everything that reminded me of it sold my carriages and horses left my place turned off all my servants and positively when i set off for this place in order to see my sister peters and her family i knew not if i should ever have strength or spirits to enter into general society again thank god dearest madam that you have made the effort though the hardened and more worn nature of man cannot melt with all the softness of yours there is yet within us a chord that may be made to vibrate in sympathy when words of true feeling reach it how well i understood your feelings and how difficult it is not to envy even in death the being who has left such a remembrance behind but we must not dwell on this tell me dear mrs barnaby tell as to a friend who understands and appreciates you do you regret the having left your elegant retirement or do you feel as i trust you do that providence has not gifted you so singularly for nothing do you feel that your fellow-creatures have a claim upon you and that it ought not to be in secret and in solitude that the hours of such a being should be spent tell me do you feel this alas major allen there is so much weakness in the heart of a woman that she is hardly sure for many days together how she ought to feel we are all impulse all soul all sentiment and our destiny must ever depend upon the friends we meet in our passage through this thorny world beautiful idea where is the poet that has more sweetly painted the female heart and what a study it offers when such a heart is thrown open to one good god to see a creature so formed for enjoyment so beaming with innocent cheerfulness so rich in the power of conferring happiness wherever she deigns to smile to see such a being turn weeping and alone from her hospitable halls and from all the pomp and splendour that others cling to what a spectacle 
have you no lingering regret dearest lady for having left your charming mansion perhaps there are moments or rather i should say perhaps there have been moments when something of the kind has crossed me but if i had not disposed of my place i should never have seen clifton my spirits wanted the change and i feel already better in this delightful air but i confess i do regret having sold my beautiful greys i shall never meet any i like so well again a set were they oh yes four greys and all well matched perfectly poor mr barnaby took so much pains about it it was his delight to please me i ought not to have sold them it was a pity said the kind major with a sigh don't talk about it major allen and here one of the widow's most curiously embroidered pocket-handkerchiefs delightfully scented with musk was lightly and carefully applied to her eyes nay said the major venturing gently to withdraw it you must not yield to this dangerous softness i cannot bear to have those eyes concealed it produces the chilling sensation of an eclipse at noonday i shall run away from you if you will not look at me no do not said the widow making an effort to smile which was rewarded by a look of gratitude and a seemingly involuntary kiss bestowed upon the hand that had withdrawn the envious handkerchief and that pretty little girl your niece mrs barnaby said the major as if considerately changing the conversation how is she this morning oh quite well poor child and in my dressing-room going over her italian and french lessons before she does them with me good heaven is it possible that you devote yourself thus take care charming mrs barnaby take care that you do not permit your affectionate nature to form an attachment to that young person which may destroy all your future prospects in life at your age and with your exquisite beauty you ought to be looking forward to the renewal of the tender tie that has already made your happiness and who is there pardon me if i speak boldly who is there who would venture to give his whole heart his soul his entire existence to one who has no heart to give in return thank you mrs barnaby that it can be in the power of any niece in the world to atone to a woman of your exquisite sensibility for the loss of that ardent affection which can only exist between a husband and wife tell me do you believe this it is a question replied the widow casting her eyes upon the ground that i have never asked myself then neglect it no longer for god's sake for the sake of your future happiness which must be so inexpressibly dear to all who know you all who appreciate you justly for the sake of the young girl herself do not involve yourself by undertaking the duties of a mother towards one who from her age could never have stood you in the relation of a child alas no said mrs barnaby i lost my only babe a few weeks before its father had it lived it would this spring have been three years old you say true the age of agnes must ever prevent my feeling for her as a child of my own my poor sister was indeed so much older than myself that i always rather looked upon her as an aunt or as a mother than as my sister of course you must have done so and interesting and inexpressibly touching as it is to witness your beautiful tenderness towards her child it is impossible not to feel that this tenderness carried too far will inevitably destroy the future happiness of your life forgive i implore you a frankness that can only proceed from my deep interest in your welfare is this young person entirely dependent upon you at this moment she is 
but she will be provided for at the death of her great-aunt miss elizabeth compton of compton bassett and to say the truth major allen as you so kindly interest yourself in what concerns me i neither do nor ever shall consider myself bound to retain agnes willoughby in my family under any circumstances that should render her being so inconvenient i delight in receiving such an assurance dear excellent mrs barnaby what a heart what an understanding what beauty what unequalled sweetness no wonder the late mr barnaby delighted as you say to please you lives there the man as the immortal byron says lives there the man with soul so dead as to be capable of doing otherwise but to return to the subject of this poor little girl she might be termed pretty perhaps in any society but yours tell me is this mrs compton of compton bassett wealthy is she also a relation of yours yes she is immensely wealthy it is a magnificent estate she is a maiden sister of my father's then miss willoughby will eventually be a great fortune how old is your aunt my aunt is near sixty i believe but the provision intended for agnes is only sufficient to maintain her like a gentlewoman the bulk of the property is settled on me and my heirs i fear you will think me an unseasonable visitor said the fully satisfied major rising and i will go now lest you should refuse to admit me again do not go yet said the gentle widow playfully refusing the hand extended to take leave what in the world now have you got to do that should prevent your bestowing a little more time on me it would be difficult mrs barnaby said the major with an eloquent look to find any occupation sufficiently attractive to take me from you so long as i dared flatter myself that it was your wish i should remain well then sit down again major allen for do you know i want you to tell me all about yourself where have you served what dangers have you passed through you have no idea how much interest i should take in listening to the history of your past life my sweet friend never should i have entered upon such a subject unbidden yet with such an auditor how dear will the privilege become of talking of myself but you must check me if i push your gentle patience too far tell me when you are weary of me or of my little narrative i will i will depend upon it only do not stop till i do major adorable sweetness thus then i am to be my own biographer and to a listener whose opinion would in my estimation outweigh that of all the congregated world if placed in judgment on my actions it is probable my charming friend that my name as ensign allen may not be totally unknown to you it was while i still held that humble rank that i was first fortunate enough to distinguish myself in an affair of some importance in the peninsula i turned what might have been a very disastrous defeat into a most complete victory and was immediately promoted to a company shortly after this i chanced to show the same sort of spirit which was i believe born with me in a transaction no wise professional but which nevertheless made me favourably mentioned and certainly contributed to bring me into the rather general notice with which europe at present honours me yet it was merely an affair with a party of brigands in which i put seven fellows hors de combat and thereby enabled that celebrated grandee the duke d'almafonte d'aragona d'estrada to escape together with his beautiful daughter and all their jewels the service might have been i own of considerable importance to them but the gratitude it produced in the minds of both father and daughter greatly exceeded what was called for 
he offered me so widely separate as we now are there can be no indelicacy in my confiding the circumstance to you my dear mrs barnaby but the fact is he offered me his only daughter in marriage with an immense fortune but alas how capricious is the human will my hour my dear friend was not yet come i felt beautiful as isabella d'almafonte was accounted by all the world that i could not give her my heart and i performed the painful duty of refusing her hand nothing however could be more noble than the subsequent conduct of the duke at the first painful moment he only said captain allen we must submit of course he said it in spanish but it would look like affectation in such a narrative as this were i not to translate it capitano aleno bisogno sumitaio nos were his words i am sure i shall never forget them for they touched me to the very heart i could not speak my feelings choked me and i left his palace in silence five years had elapsed and i had perhaps too nearly forgotten the lovely but unfortunate isabella d'almafonte when i received a packet from a notary of madrid informing me that her illustrious father was dead and had gratefully bequeathed me a legacy amounting in english money to thirty thousand pounds sterling i was by that time already in possession of the estates of my ancestors and such a sum might have appeared a very useless bagatelle had not an accident rendered it at the time of really important convenience good heaven how interesting exclaimed mrs barnaby and what dear major became of the unfortunate isabella she took the veil mrs barnaby in the convent de los sorores dolentes within a few months of her noble father's death before this event she had not the power of disposing of herself as she wished but her excellent father never tortured her by the proposal of any other marriage admirable man cried mrs barnaby greatly touched dear major allen she added in a voice that seemed to deprecate opposition you must indeed you must do me an immense favour when mrs peters took me to bristol in her coach the other day i bought myself this album it has got nothing in it as yet but my own name now if you do not wish to break my heart you must write the name of isabella d'almafonte in this first page it will be an autograph inexpressibly interesting the major took the book and the pen that were offered by the two hands of mrs barnaby and said with a profound sigh break your heart i should never have broken the heart of any woman if what she asked had been seconded by such eyes as those a silence of some moments followed a part of which was employed by the major in writing the name of isabella d'almafonte and a part in gazing on the downcast lids of the admired eyes opposite to him but this too trying interval ended at length by the lady's recovering herself enough to say and that accident major allen that made the duke's little legacy convenient to you what was it do not have any reserve with one whom you have honoured by the name of a friend reserve to you never while you continue to admit me to your presence all reserve on my part must be impossible the accident was this my friend and i am not sorry to name it as it gives me an opportunity of alluding to a subject that i would rather you heard mentioned by me than by any other after the battle of waterloo concerning which by the by i should like to tell you an anecdote after the battle of waterloo i became in common with nearly all the officers of the army an idle man and like too many others i was tempted to seek a substitute for the excitement produced by the military ardour in which i had lived by indulging the pernicious agitations of the gaming-table 
it is very likely that if you speak of me in general society you will be told that i have played high my dear mrs barnaby this is true my large fortune gave me as i foolishly imagined a sort of right to play high if it amused me and for a little while i confess it did amuse me but i soon found that a gentleman was no match for those who made gambling a profession and i lost largely so largely indeed that i must have saddled my acres with a mortgage had not the legacy of the duke d'almafonte d'aragona d'estrada reached me just in time to prevent the necessity i rejoice to hear it replied the widow kindly and you have never hazarded so largely since dear major have you oh never in fact i never enter a room now where anything like high play is going on i cannot bear even to see it and i believe i have in this way offended many who still permit themselves this hateful indulgence offended them indeed to such a degree that they perfectly hate me and utter the most virulent abuse every time they hear my name mentioned but for this i care little i know i am right mrs barnaby and that what loses their friendship and esteem may be the means of gaining for me the regard of those perhaps on whom my happiness may depend during my future life the same dangerous sort of silence as before seemed creeping on them but again the widow had the courage to break it by recalling to the memory of her musing and greatly preoccupied companion the anecdote respecting waterloo which he had promised her waterloo said he rousing himself ay dearest mrs barnaby i will tell you that though there are many reasons which render me very averse to speak of it lightly in the first place by those who know me not it might be thought to look like boasting and moreover if i alluded to it in any society capable of the baseness of repeating what i said it might bring upon me very active and indeed fatal proofs of the dislike i may say hatred already felt against me in a certain quarter gracious heaven major be careful then i implore you before whom you speak there appear to be many strangers here of whose characters it is impossible to know anything if you have enemies they may be spies expressly sent to watch you i sometimes think so i assure you i catch such singular looks occasionally as nothing else can account for and the enemy i allude to is one who has the power as well as will to punish by evil reports if he cannot positively crush and ruin those who interfere with his ambition is it possible thank heaven at least you can have no doubt of me so tell me i beseech you to tell me to whom it is that your alarming words refer the major drew his chair close to mrs barnaby took one of her hands between both of his and having gazed for a moment very earnestly in her face whispered the duke of wellington good god exclaimed the widow quite in an agony the duke of wellington is the duke of wellington your enemy major allen to the teeth my fairest to the teeth replied the major firmly setting the instruments he mentioned and muttering through them with an appearance of concentrated rage the outward demonstration of which was increased by the firmness of the grasp in which he continued to hold her hand but how can this be so faltered mrs barnaby so brave a man as you one too who had distinguished himself so early how can he be so base how can he be otherwise my friend replied the major with increasing agitation when and here he lowered his voice still more whispering almost in her very ear it is i i 
ferdinand alexander allen who ought by right to be the duke of wellington instead of him who now wears the title you astonish me more than i am able to express of course i do such however is the fact the battle of waterloo would have been lost was lost positively lost till i disdaining in such a moment to receive orders from one whom i perceived to be incompetent rushed forward almost knocking the duke off his horse as i did so sent back the french army like a flock of sheep before an advancing lion seized with my own hand on the cocked hat of napoleon drew it from his head and actually flogged his horse with it till horse and rider seemed well enough inclined to make the best of their way out of my reach god bless you my dearest lady the duke of wellington had no more to do in gaining the battle of waterloo than you had i now leave you to judge what his feelings towards me are likely to be full of envy and hatred beyond all doubt solemnly replied mrs barnaby and i will not deny major allen that i think there is great danger in your situation a person of such influence may do great injury even to a man of your well-known noble character but how extraordinary it is that no hint of this has ever transpired i beg your pardon my dear madam this is very far from being the case at your peaceful residence beneath the shades of silverton park it is highly probable that you may have remained ignorant of the fact but in truth the duke's reputation among the people of england has suffered greatly though no one indeed has yet proposed that his sword should be taken from him the well-known circumstance of stones having been thrown at his windows a fact which probably has never reached you is quite sufficient to prove that the people must be aware that what the english army did at waterloo was not done under his generalship no no england knows too well what she owed to that victory so to treat the general who achieved it and had they not felt doubts as to who that general was no stones would have been levelled at aspley house many of the common soldiers fine fellows have been bold enough to name me and it is this that has so enraged the duke that there is nothing which he has not taught his emissaries to say against me i have been called swindler blackleg radical horse-jockey and i know not what beside and i should not wonder my charming friend if sooner or later your friendship were put to the proof by having to listen to similar calumnies against me but now you will be able to understand them aright and know the source from whence they come well i never did hear anything so abominable in my life said mrs barnaby warmly not content with taking credit to himself for all that was gained by your extraordinary bravery he has the baseness to attack your character it is too detestable and i only hope that when i get among my own connections in town i shall not have the misfortune of meeting him often i am certain i should not be able to resist saying something to show what i thought oh if he were really the brave man that he has been fancied to be how he must have adored you for your undaunted courage and you really took napoleon's hat off his head how excessively brave i wish i could have seen it major i am sure i should have worshipped you i do so dote upon bravery sweet creature that devoted love of courage is one of the loveliest propensities of the female mind yes i am brave i do not scruple to say so and the idea that this quality is dear to you will strengthen it in me fourfold but my dear my lovely friend i must bid you adieu 
i expect the steward of my property in yorkshire to-day and i rather think he must be waiting for me now soften then the pain of this parting by telling me that i may come again i should be sorry indeed to think this was our last meeting major allen said the widow gently i am seldom out in the morning before the hour at which you call to-day farewell then said he kissing her hand with an air of mixed tenderness and respect farewell and remember that all i have breathed into your friendly ear must be sacred but i know it would be so without this injunction mrs barnaby's majestic beauty conceals not the paltry spirit of a gossip indeed you are right indeed you are right to my feelings the communications of a friend are sweet solemn pledges of regard that it would be a sacrilege to violate farewell major farewell End of chapter 4